0: Yes. So glad that you guys are in the house. As you saw in the announcement video today, it has been a busy weekend in this room with our menu warrior conference. Where are you at? Men of God, let me hear you today. Amen. Absolutely. We've, we've had incredible times of listen, we've consumed enormous amounts of high caloric foods. That's for sure. And uh, we 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 went back old school to the playground days and played a game of dodgeball here in the house of the Lord. Amen. And uh, and there was an ambulance nearby in case we needed it. By, but we were also challenged with some incredible teachings from. Two men of God. Pastor Dante Banks was with us on Friday night from God Chasers Community Church here in San Antonio. Pastor Dante, I know that right now you guys are meeting. They start at 1010 on Sunday morning. So he's getting ready to preach right now. But but I love Pastor. Dante. He challenged us to get up. Get up. I was reminded that it's not the knockdown that defines you, but it's the get up that that defines you. Amen. And we're all going to face disappointments. We're all going to get knocked down. But will you stay down and out or will you get up? Right. Hallelujah. And then today, listen, we, we asked one of our speakers to stay and just pour into us. Pastor Tim Seidler is the pastor at the Experience Church in Bridgeport, Ohio. He lives in West Virginia, but he's like old-school itinerant pastor. He makes it all the way across the bridge of the Ohio River, just into Ohio there. Actually, the TE Church is located there in Bridgeport, Ohio. Pastor Tim Seidler and his wife, Pastor Linda Seidler, are the pastors there. Eleven years now, right? And listen, here's the great thing. They're about to start moving dirt on a new facility that God has blessed them with. Come on, I think we can give God a round of applause for His provision. Amen? But Pastor Tim Siler and his wife lead an incredible church, TE Church there. If you're ever in the West Virginia area on a Sunday, you need to stop. How many of you have never been to West Virginia, by the way? Look at that. We got... Well, the, the, the visitors bureau would love to have you there. In fact, as pastor Tim Seidler comes, can we just kind of set the tone for him a little bit as he comes ready to preach? I know that we've got some music that might just make him feel more at home today. And I want to ask the 1910 church family. These are some dear friends of mine. These are, these are power. People in the kingdom of God. Nineteen ten. Can we stand up to our feet and put our hands together and welcome to the platform today, Pastor Tim Seidler? Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Oh, man. That is like worship music in West Virginia. Let me tell you. Sing it if you know it. I love it. They didn't sing the last worship song like they sang this one. Let's go.
1: West oh man, I feel at home right now. You know what
0: I'm talking about? Okay, y'all can sit down now. It that's enough.
1: All right. So your pastor just told you to sit down. Can I have you stand back up? Can I have you stand up? Would you just take 10 seconds and make some noise for Jesus in this place? Let's just lift the roof off of this place. Come on. we them to hear us in san antonio that 1910 loves jesus and would you just keep that going for your pastors today some of my favorite people on the planet pastor jason and angie they are awesome we've got friends check this out you have friends in ministry as pastors but there are people that transcend friendship don't sit down yet sir stand back up thank you so much i love you thank you Uh, (laughs) I just call people out. That's just how I do it here. But there are people that transcend friendship into family. And they are family to us. And they're part of your family here. Would you honor your pastor? Just take a second. Appreciate them. And keep that going for the people that are with us online today. And encourage them to get to the house. We love you all watching. We'd love for you to be here. Now you guys can go ahead and be seated thank you so much for being here as pastor said i do a pastor of the experience church in bridgeport ohio along with my wife linda who is here today uh linda would you stand up linda and i have been married 33 years amen I saw Linda when I was in junior high. It was junior high back in the day. Now it's middle school. I saw Linda when I was in junior high, five, ten and a half and blonde. I said, dang, that's my thing right there. I got to have that. And uh, by the grace of God... I've been married to Linda for 33 years and we have three beautiful daughters. Take a look, they're there on the screen. Right there on the far right is Betsy, in the middle is Caton, far left is Larissa. Betsy on the far right is married to my son-in-law, Nate, and check it out, she is pregnant with our first grandbaby, and it's a boy! I've been around girls for 33 years. They just had the reveal last Monday, and I was yelling louder than they were when I saw a blue balloon. Come on, somebody. We've got a boy in the family. Now, Caten is dating someone. Larissa is dating someone. However, they are not married. I would say this. Men, young men, if you are interested, I will be taking applications in the atrium afterwards to date my daughter. Here are the prerequisites. You need to love Jesus, and you have to have a J-O-B. And that's not the book of Job, y'all. That's like, you gotta have a job. If you love Jesus and you have a job and you wanna date one of my daughters, we can talk about it. And uh, the first person that hands me $100, I'll listen to you first. So anyhow, awesome. So glad that you are here today. Hey, let's just jump right into this thing today. Uh, My goal today in our time together is to convince you to be bought in, sold out lovers and builders of the house of God. That's my goal, that you would understand how important it is as a follower of Jesus to be a champion of the church. And, you know, people love and build things. They've been doing it since the beginning of time. There are people that love uh, to build houses. There are people that love to build banks, love to build schools, uh, love to build stadiums, Jerry Jones. But God's people have always been called to build God's house. And I want to start with a declaration today. And let me say this. This is not a monologue. I preach better when it's a dialogue. I like for you to talk back. So if I'm not preaching great, don't blame me, blame you. I need you to be involved today. So I want to make a declaration. So repeat after me, if you will. Everyone shout it out. Say, I will love and build the house of God. One more time. I will love and build the house of God. This is supported throughout scripture. Let's take a look at loving and building the house of God in Psalm 26, eight. It said, Lord, I love the house where you live, the place where your glory dwells. There's something about glory that is unique and hard to define, but it's in the house of God. And if I were to ask you to define a basketball, you could do that. You would say, well, it's rubber and you can bounce it and it's round. But glory can't be defined. It must be experienced. And it's experienced in the house of God. And glory is experienced through God's power, his presence, his splendor and holiness. And it's in the house of God that we experience the glory of God. God's power, presence, Splendor and holiness. Now look at Psalm 84:10. One day spent in your temple is better than a thousand anywhere else. One, one day in church is better than a thousand anywhere else. Now, here, here's the, the caveat with this. This was written thousands of years ago before Disney World. Uh oh. I wonder how many of us could say one day in church is better than a thousand in Disney World because, man, we love Disney, don't we? We make our, we plan our whole vacations around Disney World, and it's weird to me, I was thinking about it. It's so strange because we all set traps for mice, but then we put our arm around the mouse at Disney. And Disney is cool, nothing wrong with Disney, but as for me, come on, I'd rather spend eternity with a king than a week with a mouse. That's just me. I don't know about you. But there's something about being around God's people in God's house. And there's nowhere that I'd rather be. And it's because in the house of God is where I've experienced God's power, his presence, his splendor in holiness. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that yet. Maybe you've been in church all your life. Maybe it's your first time just coming to check out 1910, but here's my hope today, more than anything else, that you don't leave here going, wow, he was a great preacher. You leave here going, wow, I experienced the power, the presence and the glory of God in God's house today. I would rather spend one day here than a thousand anywhere else. Psalm 122.1 said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Something to notice in this text, it said, let us go. That means that they're not going alone, that they're going to church with somebody. Let me encourage you, don't come to church alone. Bring some, be a bringer. Tell your neighbors, say, be a bringer. Look to the person beside you, say, be a bringer. Now look to the person on the other side, that was your second choice that you're uncomfortable talking to, and say, you be a bringer too be a bringer you you have no idea check this out it's your invitation that could lead to a conversation cause transformation and change someone's eternal destination just by inviting them to the house of god man what an incredible opportunity we have to invite people into the house of God. So I don't know about you, but like Saturday night, Pastor Jason, I start getting fired up. I'm like, man, Sunday is coming, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm expecting, I'm energized, I'm engaged, believing that God is going to do something in his house. Psalm 23, six, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. Forever. Here's what it doesn't say. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord until I'm offended. <laughs> it doesn't say I shall dwell in the house of the Lord until there's a pandemic. Hello, is this mic on? I'm just checking. Is this worrying out there? Can you hear me? It, it doesn't say like I shall dwell in the house of the Lord until they ask me to serve. Until they talk about money. It says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, somebody. There's something about being planted in the house of God. Because when you get planted, you grow. There is something about it. And I want to tell you this. There is nothing that you will ever do that will make you more in sync with Jesus than loving and building the house of God. And there are people, and maybe you've heard people that have said this. They said, well, I love Jesus, but I'm, I just don't do church. I'm not really a church guy. I don't think you need church. I'm Jesus. I'm cool with Jesus. I'm just not really cool with the church. And I want to say this, that if you are really following Jesus, you cannot say that. And let me explain why based on what the Bible says. Look at Ephesians 5.25. It says that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Christ loved loved the church, gave himself up for her. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Jesus is saying what loving and building, loving and building. Jesus will love and build his church. And if Jesus is committed to building his church, why would you want to tear down the very thing Jesus wants to build up? Why would you be against the very thing that Jesus is for? Why would you be negative? Why would someone complain about the thing that Jesus was willing to die for, his church? And there are a lot of good things out there. There are a lot of good causes out there. And I think that God's people should support good causes. But I wanna tell you that absolutely, there is a difference between a good cause and a God cause. And God's people have always been called to support God causes and building the church is a God cause. And let me tell you why. It's because the church has always been God's plan A to bring hope, healing, help, and blessings to humanity. It happens through the church. Let me say it one more time. The church is God's plan A and there is no plan B to bring help, hope, healing, and blessing to humanity. So if the enemy can convince you that church is optional, the enemy succeeds in lessening our ability to bring help, hope, healing, and blessing to humanity. That's why you matter. That's why every, look at me, look at me. Every single person here. That's why it is so vital that you are here and you are part of this. And it's easy to go, well, I don't really, I don't really matter. I mean, there are a lot of people here and uh, I'm just one guy. I, you know, if I'm not in church every week, it's, it's not really a big deal. And I want to tell you, yes, it is a big deal. And at our church, we say this, we count people because people count. And I could tell you exactly how many people are in our church because we count people because people count because every number has a name, every name has a story and every story matters to God. And your story, check this out, matters to God. You being here matters because if you're not, something is subtracted from the body that is essential to bringing help, hope, healing, and blessing to humanity. Now watch what it says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine. It says two people are better than one because they can reap more benefit from their labor. So two is better than one. Would you say that 10 is better than five? It's not a trick question. This isn't a math quiz. Would you say that 10 is better than five? Would you say 100 is better than 50? Would you say that 500 is better than 100? Would you say 1,000 is better than 500? Would you say 2,000 is better than 1,000? What if we had 5,000 people showing up here on a weekend? How much help, hope, healing, and blessing to this city could there be? If this, look at me, look at me, look at me, check this out. What if every single person went, oh my gosh, man, I matter. That I've got to show up because I've got work to do. I am part of a greater body and God just doesn't want to do something in me. He wants to do something through me. And man, when when we come together as the body of Christ, we can bring help, hope, and healing and blessing to all of humanity. You absolutely matter. I was thinking about this. Back when I was growing up, some of you will remember this, some of you won't, check it out. There was nothing open on Sunday except the church. That was your only option. You couldn't get gas. Can you believe that? You could not get gas. on. You had to fill the tank up on Saturday to to be able to drive on Sunday. But now it's like everything's open. There's a lot of options out there. Maybe it's a coincidence, I don't know. But I know the enemy is doing all he can to keep people out of the house of God. And let me give you this illustration. If you have kids, you'll get this because sports is a big deal for kids. I love sports, I think it's a great thing. Um, But let's just say that if your kids are playing sports, would you think that it would matter to their coach that they were there on game day? Yeah, they're, they're necessary to be there so the team is effective and has a better chance of winning. Let me put it this way. You are on the team. Pastor Jason is the coach and Sunday's game day. He needs you on the team. He needs you to show up because your chances of winning are better if you are there. The team is better with you here and the church will only be as valuable to the world as it is to you. And if it doesn't matter to you, why would it matter to the world? I will love and build the house of God. I want to give you a few reasons why we will love and build the house of God. And the first is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Great things happen in the house of God that don't happen anywhere else. I've been pastoring now for 11 years, doing ministry for 20, and I just wanna tell you, there are things that I have seen that have happened in the house of God in the church that I have not seen happen anywhere else. And I know enough about this church to know that there have been some things that have happened here that just don't happen anywhere else. I think you guys have been around for 15 years and I found out, do you know that thousands of people have walked through those doors and are now saved, now going to heaven as a result of being in the house? Are you kidding me? Listen, if, I don't know what y'all smoking this morning, but you should be more fired up about that. I mean, think about it. Hell is real, man. And there were people, that was their destination. They walked through those doors, heard about Jesus, their destination, their GPS has been changed. And now they're going to spend eternity with heaven. Man. I heard 1,200, is that right? 1,200 people have been baptized here? Are you kidding me? That is awesome, man. And I started to hear stories about, and, and I just got some things that I found here, and I can't go through all of them because there's too many, but there's a story here that says that, that my marriage... What was put back together as a result of coming to church 1910 and now we're thriving not just just we're we're not just surviving i had a problem with my gallbladder the doctor didn't know what was going on the prayer team at church 1910 prayed for me and i got healed are you kidding me we prayed for a friend down the street that was going to have surgery and he went back and now the surgery wasn't even necessary i was having nonstop condemnation and tormenting thoughts until i walked through the doors of church 1910 and I began to cry out and the Holy Spirit met me there. I mean, wow, I could go on and on. And like, there are just great things happen in the house that just don't happen anywhere else. Listen, friends become family in the house of God. And the people that you are with today, some of our best friends that we've met, we've met in church. And watch what happens. Look around, take one minute, look around. Just everybody look, look, look behind you, look around. This is your eternal family. You will spend, listen, if y'all don't like each other, you better start because you'll spend eternity together. Like y'all better get over it. You're going to spend a long time together. And that's awesome. I mean, that's incredible. Friends become family. Listen, there may be people here today. I know it's happened in our church that people met in church and got married in church. I said, man, there's nothing better than getting hooked up in the house. Somebody tweet that. I got hooked up in the house. I'm just saying, girls, you might want to look over your shoulder right now. You see a guy with a Bible. He's got a choice. He's either going to the bar or he's carrying a Bible. You see a man with a Bible. You might want to go, woo, I can get hooked up in the house. I'm just throwing it out. You can do what you want with that. I'm just, just saying Y'all get hooked up everywhere else, swiping on Tinder. I'm just saying, why not get hooked up in the house of God? That's just a thought. You can do with that what you'd like. Great things happen in the house of God that don't happen anywhere else. Now, in saying that, uh, the church isn't perfect. I mean, because look around, we're not perfect. And the church is people. And we aren't perfect. In fact, at our church, back at the experience church, when you walk in, the first thing that you see on our wall is this picture. We are the perfect place for imperfect people. We tell people this, if you're a little jacked up, you came to the right place. No perfect people allowed. If you're messed up, jacked up, if you've been shacked up, oh, I can keep going right now. You came to the right place. And it's it's led by this imperfect pastor listen, I've got issues y'all. I do. I mean, there are things that I do. You'd be scratching your head and, and I know pastor Jason, he's not perfect. Pastor Angie's not perfect. None of us are perfect, but we are serving and chasing after a perfect God. Watch that knows us so well, but still loves us so much. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Great things happen in the house of God that just don't happen anywhere else. And here's the second thing. I will love and build the house of God because the house of God is the closest thing to heaven on earth. It's the closest thing. So there's a text that's found in the very first book of the Bible, in the book of Genesis. And to give you some context to the text, um, so you have Abraham, you can Google him. Abraham, uh, Isaac, and Jacob. So Jacob is the grandson of Abraham and Jacob, like many of us, made a mess out of his family and he betrayed his brother and lied to his dad and uh, so he kind of went away for a while and while he went away, and this is just interesting, I thought about this, in the midst of him lying and betraying, God met him where he was and he, he came to this place and he went to sleep and God met him there. And he had a dream. And if you know anything about the story, that's where he saw this like ladder or stairway to heaven. Any Zeppelin fans? That's a Zeppelin reference. You can Google them too. Anyhow, uh, he sees a stairway to heaven. And here's what he said, watch this. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. If we're not careful, it's really easy to miss that the Lord is in this place and go. I was not aware of it. It's just so easy to get so used to certain things. Like I was thinking about even in marriage. Man, before you're married, you pursue. You chase after. You do whatever you have to do to get her or get him. And then after you get him for a while, you're like, well, I've been with him for a while. It's really nothing special. No, 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 man. That's a God assignment to your life. And what I'm saying is when you walk into a church like this, you are so used to it being so awesome that you, if you're not careful, man, you'll miss that the Lord is in this place and you're just not aware of it. Because I wanna tell you what's happening here isn't happening everywhere. There are some things happening, I, speaking from my standpoint. So at our church, one of our struggles is, we have, and I'm not kidding, if I'm lying, I'm dying, we've got about 25 parking spots. We have people that will, that will park over half a mile away and either walk or shuttle just to get to the house of God. And I pulled up here and I saw all this blacktop and I went, Lord Jesus, I repent. I am coveting right now. I am coveting blacktop. Can you believe that? You, people covet the craziest things. You always want what you don't have. <laughs> and I, I just blacktop. But I was like, man, how awesome that you guys have. And you, maybe you're not even aware of it. You just take it for, for granted. Like... Like the worship here? Do you think that's happening everywhere? Do you think you get to you pay to hear music like that generally? There's like a ticket fee to, to experience that. And y'all come in and say, I was good. <laughs> really? Okay. And, and and the preaching. Oh, yeah. Pastor Jason's good. In preaching world, we call that shucking the corn, man. He shucks the corn. Let me tell you a true story. He was at our church. I had him just take up the offering. People got saved. What? Are you kidding me? Come on, somebody. You've got one of the greatest preachers on the planet. You're not even aware of it. Wow. I'm just saying, it is so easy to just miss what God is doing. You've got a great kids programming. Yeah, the kids are fine. My kids are up there. Wow. Wow. The facility, I walk around, I'm like, this place is beautiful. Here's what people do, you roll in, it's awesome, yeah, it's good. I'm looking around at this place like, where am I? Bernie, Texas, by the way, just a side note. Bernie, I thought it was like Jason Bourne. I'm not the only one y'all did that before somebody told you that. Okay, don't feel bad. Has nothing to do with my message. Just a side note. Sometimes things come into my mind. I just have to say what I'm thinking. So it has nothing spiritual about it. Sorry to let y'all down. I'm not that holy. Anyhow, it's just amazing to me what God is doing in this place. And it said, here's what he said. He said, surely the Lord is in this place. I was not aware of it. There was a, a guy that decided, and maybe you have seen this when you go into town, into a city there are people, musicians sometimes, that will just set up on the sidewalk and they'll open their case, like whether it's a guitar or whatever, and they'll open their case. And as people walk by, they'll throw a couple bucks in there and like give them a tip. And there was a violinist that did this in Washington, D.C. And he set up for, I think, three or four hours, made like 32 bucks. And uh, people just kind of walked by and threw tips in there. Um, What they didn't realize, the guy's violin alone was worth $3 million because the violinist was Joshua Bell a world-class violinist that just the week before had played the Boston Symphony Orchestra. Every seat sold out, $100 per seat. And people just were walking by and they were unaware. And I'm just saying, my hope today is that your eyes are opened up. That maybe some of you have been coming for a while and you've kind of just gotten into a routine and that surely the Lord is in this place and you just weren't aware of it, that your eyes will be opened back up. And Jacob said, God was in this place. I didn't see it. But then he said this in the next verse, he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. How awesome is this place? And I was looking around going, man, it still holds true today. Pastor Jay said, how awesome is this place? And I want to tell you, this place has awesome coffee, but that's not why it's awesome. It's got awesome blacktop, but that's not why it's awesome. It's got awesome worship music, but that's not why it's awesome. Awesome kids programming. That's not why it's awesome. You want to know why it's awesome? Because God's presence is here and God's people are here. And there is nothing closer to heaven than this. Where God's presence is and God's people are, this is the closest thing to heaven that we will ever experience on earth. Man, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. But then he said, how awesome is this place? This is the gate of heaven. Now, let me just talk about what that means, the gate of heaven. Uh, Let me be clear. The church doesn't save anyone. It is not the church. But the church is the gate. The church is the pathway. The church is the door that shows people the way to the way. Let me say it again, the, the church is, is the gate or the entrance or the pathway that will show people the way to the way, the truth, and the life whose name is Jesus. And you can get saved anywhere. You can get saved at a coffee shop. You can get saved at the park. You can get saved anywhere. But not, check it out, 95% of the people that meet Jesus, meet him in a church. It is the gate of heaven. How awesome Is this place where he shows up and calls us out of darkness into light, man, it's incredible. Here's the last point uh, that I want to make today. And then we're going to, we're going to land the plane here. Here's the last point. I will love and build the house of God because we want to make Jesus famous. Like that's a goal for me. I want to make Jesus famous. I hope it's a goal for you, and, and let me show you why this is important. Something Jesus said, called us to do in Matthew 28:19. Jesus told us to do this. Therefore, go and make disciples, everyone say disciples. Disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Everyone say baptizing. Baptizing them, them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now watch this in 1 Chronicles 22:5 in the Old Testament. Rewind. David said, my son Solomon is still young and inexperienced. And since the temple to be built for the Lord must be a magnificent structure. Now watch, famous and glorious throughout the world. And I kept reading that. I was like, why is it important for the church to be famous? I thought we wanted Jesus to be famous. This is saying the church should be famous. Let me tell you why. It's because it's in the church where Jesus is met, disciples are made and baptisms occur. Everything that Jesus told us to do happens in the house of God. Now watch. So if we can get them in here, we can get them up there. And that is the goal. We want the church to be famous. Do not be embarrassed. Y'all put everything else on social media. Why doesn't somebody put this? I love my church. Come to church with me next Sunday. Come hang out with me. Come to the house with me. Man, the Bible says this, don't put your light under a bushel. I know at our church, man, I'm telling people from the rooftops, I'm shouting every time somebody meets the Lord, every time someone gets baptized, every time an addiction is broken, every time a marriage is restored, you better believe I'm shouting it. Not because I'm good, but because God's good and the church is the house of God. So we want The church to be famous because it's in the church where Jesus is met. (laughs) Disciples are made and baptisms occur. And let me tell you why it's so important to me. It's because this guy right here was made new in the church. And I don't have a long time to tell you my story, but uh, on the outside, I looked pretty good back in the day. But on the inside, I was stained. And maybe you can relate because there are people in this room, if we just pulled back the curtain, uh, your smile looks good, but your heart's broke. There are people in this room that you've had things happen to you that uh, should never have happened to you are people in this room that you've been abused in such a way that uh, I can't even imagine. There are people in this room that you've been struggling with a secret that's ripping you apart and we all have this desire, man, if I could just go back, if I could just kind of erase some chapters from my life, if I could just get some regrets gone, how do I become new. Because we love new, don't we? We love new shoes. We love a new house. We love a new car. We have this desire to be made new. And there's a scripture that uh, I'll never forget, a powerful scripture that's found in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And my daughter actually got this tattooed, like right here. I wasn't crazy about it. Like first tattooed, hey dad, how about this? like, that's... And it was this scripture. And people have asked me, they said, pastor, why don't you get a tattoo? I said, man, you don't put bumper stickers on Ferraris. You know what I'm talking about? I'm just saying. And in my case, the Ford, but whatever, it's all right. But uh, the scripture says this, if anyone, anyone means no matter who you are where you've been or what you've done if anyone is in Christ they are a new creation the old life watch is gone it's not like it's just been covered up it's not like you just don't think about it anymore it's gone it said behold a new life is here and I want to tell you that verse set me free and it changed my life and I want to give you a quick illustration that might clear this up for you today. So here's how this works. This is us, as we start out, that our life is perfect and pure and clear. And if we could just go back to this, but then life happens, and we get our hearts broken, We begin to lust. We begin to lie. We begin to cheat. We begin to gossip. Our hearts get hard. Our hearts become removed from God because God can't be around the stain in our life. So there are so many of us in this room. The reason you feel disconnected from God is because we all have this stain. And it's our sin. And our sin, watch, has disconnected us from God, but didn't disqualify us from God. Because we can get reconnected. But so many of us, here's what we try to do. We, we are so jacked up and we go, well, if I do some good things, it'll make up for, for some bad things and nothing changes. And we go well if I just don't think about it it was a long time ago where, where I when I had that abortion that was a long time ago it was a long time ago when I was abused it was a long time ago when that thing happened to me it was a long time ago when I crossed that line and we go I just won't think about it but it's still there but see the Bible says that there's a living water there's a living water whose name is Jesus And when we add Jesus to the equation, the pureness of Jesus, only Jesus can take away the sin of the world and he can make us brand new. I don't care who you are or what you've done today. Come on, you can be put back together today, that you're not too far gone for God today, that he can make you brand new. Can I pray for you all today? Would you stand with me today? Would everyone stand up, would y'all just lift a hand to the heavens today? Just lift one hand to the heavens. Say, Father, God, here we are, your people. God, and we've been broken and we've been hurt. God, and there's just stuff happening in our world. God, but here we are. And right now we experience your glory, your power and your presence and your beauty, your splendor in your house. I just want to talk to you for a moment. I I ask that you keep your eyes closed and your head bowed. I I don't know your story today. And I don't know what's happening in your world. I don't know what's happened in your heart. But I want to tell you this is a new moment for you to be new. It's a moment for your church to be new. It's a moment for your heart to be new. It's a moment for your marriage to be new. It's a moment for your sobriety to be new. It's a new moment. And listen, God is faithful to answer the cries of his children so if that's you today and you're like jesus i just need you to come right now this is too much for me i can't do it alone here's what i want you to do in your heart right now just repeat after me and say jesus here i am i am broken but i'm trusting you so father come put me back together heal the things that have been separated in my heart god give me a heart of flesh today Allow me, God, to understand that you want to do something through me today. This is a new day and a new beginning for me. It's a new day and a new beginning for 1910. And because of you, Jesus, the best is yet to come. If you receive it right now, would you just give God praise? And thank God for a God that doesn't give up on us. Come on, that takes broken things and puts them
0: back together. Come on, let's give some love and honor to Pastor Tim Siler. Aren't you glad that you came today? Praise Thank you, you sir. Thank All you. right, Pastor. Hallelujah. I want to ask our prayer ministry team to come and join us down front today. Some of you prayed that prayer maybe for the very first time today. And I want you today when we dismiss and people are leaving for the exits, I want you to run to the front and share that declaration with one of our prayer team members here today. Or maybe you're carrying around some hurt and pain. Maybe Pastor Tim struck uh, something special in your heart over something that you've been carrying for a long time and you just would love someone to encourage you with that. Hey, don't miss this moment.